0: Okay. It's announcement time before we get started with the episode. So I have a few things that I want to share with you. Motherhood Decoded Heal the Line. This is happening virtually. So in case you missed it, virtual is May 11th. If you need a ticket, the link is in the show notes. Second announcement, the portal still open. So if you would like to access on demand only to my business development slash personal development courses. I have a full portal of courses that's valued at over $2,000 and the monthly fee is ridiculously low. Goal is to create accessibility. So click the link in the show notes if you want on-demand access only. Third announcement, Evolutionary Business School. This is if you want on-demand access plus twice monthly live small group coaching plus community support. The evolutionary business school link is in the show notes. Number four, if you don't want to be in a group and you don't really want on-demand access because self-paced courses aren't your thing, you want private support and you want to work with me in a private capacity, reach out to me. You can either send me an email or a DM on Instagram. Let's set up a time to talk. I'd like to get to know you, hear about your business, hear what you want to build, hear about your motherhood experience, whatever department that you'd like my mentorship in. Let's talk about it. We'll see if it's a good fit and how I can best support you. Number five, Really freaking exciting. I'm turning 40 this week, my 40th birthday, May 4th. And in honor of my birthday... I asked for a gift, the gift that I asked for that I'm still going to ask for, but now I'm going to add a little something sweet for you because I want to celebrate you on my birthday too. If you listen to this podcast, if you watch it on YouTube or anywhere that you absorb, you know, consume this material, and you rate and review the podcast. So you rate where there's like stars, I believe, like on Apple podcasts, and then you'd write a review and share to your stories. Now, if you do those things, you can do them just for funsies. But if you'd like a special gift, I'd like to gift you something to get the gift. You have to take a screenshot of the share or tag me and screenshot it. You have to email me your screenshots, email me the screenshot of the rate and review, email me the screenshot of where you shared the podcast. It could be on your stories. It could be on your feed. It could be on your personal Facebook profile and anywhere that you shared it. And when you send me that email and I see those photos of the screenshots, I will send you access to a digital course of your choice. So you get to pick from my digital courses, which one you would like access to. If you have any questions, reach out to me. I'm always around. All right, let's get into the episode. All right, everyone, welcome. This is Amy Lee. I am really excited to introduce her to you and for us to hear more of her story. So Amy is mother of five, it's basically my hero running a business, and since our conversation This month and probably forever is really about conscious motherhood with Mother's Day coming up and such. I'd like to hear a high-level story of Amy Lee's experience being in business, being in your own business. My understanding is you were in MLM in the past and then migrating towards a different line of work and how your role as a mother through all the things has shown up. So I'll turn the floor over. Thank you so much, Nicole. It's so great to be here. So, motherhood is kind of a crazy trajectory for me. It starts way back in 2011 when I met my husband. He already had five children from a previous marriage when we got together. Well, he had three, and then she had two before. So, he kind of had five. So, at first, you know, the idea was that I was going to be a stay at home mom when we got married. He was in the military. Great. So, I'm going to stay home, make babies you know, clean the house, whatever. Somehow, I think through kind of like, well, it was kind of a two-part thing. Number one, you know, we got stationed in Alaska. We had two small children. You know, I spent pretty much every waking day with, but I was still kind of a recluse, kind of a hermit, didn't really go out and do things with them. So I kind of, I think that in some ways I was kind of looking for that kind of like sisterhood or maybe like some, you know, social stuff. So there was that, but then there was also, I had married my husband so that we could be together all the time. Like we were besties. I mean, you know how it is. Like we just like, it was like sleepovers every night. And so with him being in the military and in the particular job he had, it was getting kind of lame. Like he wasn't doing anything that was really, I, I wouldn't say necessary. Cause like, I'm sure the army people would be like, everything's necessary, but like it was like, like little drills and things. And they wanted him to go to Korea to, to like for a rotation. Cause like, that's what they did. And, Meanwhile, I find out I'm pregnant with my third, and that pregnancy was a little more complicated than the other two had been. Um, And also, you know, I had had my whole support team and my birth, you know, my midwives and the birth center, and I didn't have that in Alaska where we live. So, anyway, long story short, I ended up looking into other things to try to figure out how to get my husband out of the army. I stumbled into this multi level marketing company that shall not be named, that was in its infancy. I was really kind of swept up in the whole thing. You know, I remember being pregnant with my daughter, who was my third, and I remember setting up two different online parties because I had to split my inventory because I had double booked myself while I was like waiting to go into labor. Like that was kind of the beginning of really putting this business in front of my family. And then when I started to make a lot of money, you know, the responsibility got a lot higher. The, the way that bonus compensation works in multi-level marketing is, well, at least in this company, it's not attached to anything. You know, it's it's what they give you for having a team and they can, you know, they don't have to give it to you. So they made that very clear to us all the time. They wanted us to jet set here and go here and do all these things. And I remember walking up to the owner of our company and telling her that I missed my daughter's first step. I remember her looking me dead in the eye with these big blue eyes and going, oh, it's okay. She won't remember. And just being like, I am grossly in the wrong place right now. Sometimes I would be up in my office doing my MLM business for like 10 hours. When I had my fourth child, my son, within four hours of having him, because of the quote, the sales quotas that we had at the level that I was at, I was actually up on my feet doing a live sale within four hours of having my son. It was a lot. And I kept on telling myself that I was giving my children everything that they needed they didn't want for anything. They had more toys. When Carter's came out with a new line, we would drop like $1,000. Every kid had every piece of clothing that they had. My daughter had every American girl thing that she could want. We had a nanny. We had a chef. We had a housekeeper. We had all of these things that I told myself were keeping my children happy and were giving them what they needed. I remember like, I wouldn't put them to bed or like I wouldn't see them for a whole day. And I would just realized that another day had gone by that I, that I hadn't seen them. I started to really feel the guilt from that, especially because, you know, growing up, my mom had to work. My parents were divorced. My mom was remarried, but you know, she had a job and she worked part-time, but like she worked three 30 to 11. Right. So two days a week, I did not see her. I woke up in the morning. She didn't get up with me for school. And then she went to work while I was at school so by the time I came home, you know, she or, or whatever she had already left. She didn't come home till after I went to bed. It was kind of reminiscent of that, and I was just kind of watching them grow up and seeing, you know, their little personalities bud, and and not really getting to to be there for that. The you know, the au pair would send me pictures of them doing cute things, but I I just really missed out on it myself, and and that really ate away at me. And you know, that lack of attention to family from a company that espoused family values was was very alarming. One of the things that these some of these companies, not all of them, because I work with folks who are in MLMs that are not this way, but this one was, they get you to this point where you're so dependent on the high level of income that you couldn't leave if you tried. We were at this level where we were making all this money, but we had all these bills. And then on top of that, we had an IRS bill come in and luckily that was taken care of and we fixed that. But all these things that were happening that were keeping us in, like it went from, oh, this is a nice to have to like you don't have the luxury of making less than 20000 a month considering all of your expenses. And it got to the point where it was just, it was too much. It was too much for the family. It was too much for me. I left there making multi-five figures. And I remember how excited my kids were when they found out that I wasn't going to be always away from them that we were going to take family vacations together not separate and it was just a really big difference when i started my coaching business which was shortly after that i still fell into the habits of being in my office all day and you know really trying to make something and i realized that there was this thread of feeling like i couldn't be with my kids until everything was done until i had made a certain amount of money that because we weren't in the financial position we'd been in before, I always had to be available and ready, which meant I always had to have my phone in case somebody messaged me. Maybe they want coaching, maybe, you know, whatever it was because we were in such a volatile place. And then I finally figured out that was going to be the case no matter what, like no matter how much money we made or how successful, if I kept that going, that was Going to be the way it was. And I had to change something. So I did. I really tried hard to make a conscious effort at first to just kind of get to know my kids again, to know things about them, to, to have them want to snuggle with me, to not see me as like, you know, the dad, like, or the person that, you know, the, the person that lives in the house that they don't really see. And that took some time them to trust me, for them to kind of feel like they could get to know me. One of the cool byproducts of that, I think, is that in being more of a mother to them, specifically my 10-year-old, my daughter, I feel like the little me heals so much. The more I give to her, the more I feel like I'm giving to my younger self. And so it continues to be a journey. I, I noticed even just recently that I don't really talk about my kids in, in my content. And I think for a long time, I've thought that it was because I was trying to protect them because of social media and all these things and that was the story I told myself but I also recognized that I was trying to fit into a paradigm you know a persona of a woman who's this like goddess of, of energy and all these things like in a vacuum outside of who I am day to day. And I think that people started to figure that out before even I did. They're like, I never see anything about your family. Where are your kids? Like you say you have five kids, where are they? I never see them. And I was just like, yeah, like I can be both. I can be a really great coach and mentor and also be a phenomenal mother. And what I realized in that is that I had been perpetuating this idea that we have to have businesses separate from our family, that we have to live in this bubble where we walk in every day and become, this thing that doesn't remember everything outside of it. And I was perpetuating that story to other women who potentially wanted to go into business and when i realized that i had been doing that i i felt very responsible for shifting that persona so recently my content has become much more family centric still very much about energy and all the things that i know that you're coming out into and i'm so excited for that because i'm just drinking it all in you know just sharing more of the experience of them and really getting to know them as the star seeds as the human travelers that they are The souls that they're here to be, instead of just extensions of me as their mother, as their parent. So yeah, I know that was kind of long winded, but that's sort of that's sort of where we how we got here. Since I met you, everything I've seen has been on the other side, right? So I never really knew this other the the backstory. So it's really helpful. And I also was in MLM for a little while, but I didn't really like. Stay very long. I more so just really liked the products, you know, certain products, and I really liked them. But I could see, I could see that about the industry, you know, that there are some of the businesses, not all. And like how incredible, how incredibly self aware of you to recognize all of this about yourself and walk yourself through this. And then, you know, to come out on the other side as like a different version of you and to step into your children's lives as a different version and to be vulnerable with them, you know, because they are just little people. I know that's like, that's a big vulnerability. And I have told my kids lots of times, like, Hey, mommy messed up. I'm sorry. You know? And sometimes it's hard to come back from. And I also remind myself that like, this is the experience that they came in for, you know, their soul. No, j- I just had a conversation with somebody on the podcast recently too, about, you know, this is, this is exactly what our kids came in for. You are exactly who they came in to have this experience with. And that brings me a lot of comfort when I look back on moments where I was like, Ugh, I didn't love that I acted that way, or I didn't love that I was that way. And something you were saying about putting your work first and hardly seeing your kids, I had one of those moments too that like solidarity because a nanny, actually, our nanny, when we lived in Chicago, Chicago is like a major working city. Tampa, you know, I live in Tampa and Tampa is too. Don't get me wrong. But like the nanny we worked for in Chicago, she was incredible. I think she listens to the podcast. So hi, Maddie. I adore her, but I remember her telling me one time when my second baby was really little that like, we were just having a conversation about how much she was nannying these other families. Cause she was like more like my mother's helper. She was with us a couple hours a day, something like that. I was like, my mother, like, do they see their kids? Like, you know, generally speaking, like nannies in Chicago and big cities, like they're there from eyes open to eyes closed. And, I, and she's like, you know, I spend a lot more time with the kids and the parents do a lot of the time. And it just like, it crushed me because I thought, my gosh, you know, that's a real thing. Like people really do that, you know, and not just you, like you said, not be the dad in the house. Cause I think that's kind of what we, our generation, that's what we saw was like, generally the dads would be out of the house, but now it's not just that, you know, it's the moms too. And I had one of those moments of like, that was around the time that I ended up leaving my job where I was like, okay, I don't want that. Like, I don't want to miss things. You know, my second was only like three months old and I was going back, back to work from maternity leave. And I'm like, I can't can't do it. Like, even though I'm going to be in the basement and she's going to be up there, I'm missing like everything. I just, I couldn't do it either. Um, And this is like, I know we're centering this conversation around conscious motherhood, but like I'm with you and I feel like a lot of the mothers of our generation are kind of activating and waking up into conscious motherhood. And so now you homeschool, I have a question, like, so now you homeschool all the kids, is that correct? Yeah, we had always intended on homeschooling, it's just that they weren't old enough yet. So in the state of Georgia, the compulsory education age is six. Now my kids are 10, 9, 7, 5, and 3. Three of them are homeschooled. Um, kind of like unschooled, really. I mean, they don't, I wouldn't say we're like a sit around the table with like workbooks family. We're more of like a practical education family. It's very much like child-led learning. It's about what they want to want to learn and and like the pace that they want to learn it. And what I have found after, you know, I have my degree in elementary education, I taught school for many years before I got married, I would say in a very modest, gentle way that my kids are, are probably some of the smartest kids. That I've ever encountered and I think some of that has to do with the way that we've schooled them mm-hmm. because they just they're so in charge of their own education experience they're so grateful for the learning process rather than ever feeling like learning was a chore or learning was something that they had to do because school said so. My children have never had the experience of forced learning. And I think that that in and of itself is a giant asset that they're going to have going forward in their lives, that they're always going to seek knowledge from a pleasure perspective than a pain perspective. Do you? So I know you're into, even if it's just like for funsies, human design, do you pull your kids' design charts, I guess, and parent them accordingly and adjust how you teach them or how your husband, how the both of you approach their teaching style and learning styles, I should say. Yeah, absolutely. Human design plays a really big role in our family. I didn't touch on this before, but I just will really quick, if you're counting kids, our three-year-old has um, a genetic disorder. So he is three. He doesn't sit up. He doesn't talk. He doesn't do, you know, he's still in diapers, all those things. And so he is on a very different learning curve than the other children are like last night he was sitting up with his hands down and it was like the best thing ever. Like I was so excited, but the other four. So my five-year-old, he is a manifesting generator. So three of the children are six twos. One of those is a projector and the other two are manifesting generators. And then I have a three, five who is a generator. And then I've got this little Manny Jen, who is a five, one. He's my littlest guy, but my 5 year old who's the 6'2 Manny Gen? he taught himself to read. I'm personally just kind of in awe of that because with a child who has special needs, it's hard sometimes to give the other children the same one-on-one attention on a day-to-day basis because he has such, you know, he doesn't have medical needs, but he has a lot of interaction needs and he has tons of doctors and things like that. My five-year-old who isn't schooling yet, is already reading because of his human design, because of the fact that he's so tuned in and so in pursuit of his environment. That I just think it's crazy that you'd think that he'd be behind more than anything because, you know, he kind of is the last kid, not really, but the second to last kid. And then we had this other child who's not another child. He's my son and I adore him, but I just mean compared to the ones that are in the school kind of zone. And so that's been really interesting to see. The other thing is my one son of the entire family who are many gens of gens, manifesting generators of generators, I have one son who's a projector. I feel like his needs and his projector self is something that the family really focuses on. Last summer, we did a thing where Each month, we learned about one of the children's human design as a family, how the family could best support that family member. So one of the things about him is he's just constantly having his energy like revved up, but he doesn't make any energy for himself. So he needs like a lot more downtime. If you didn't know anything about human design, you'd be like, he has ADD he's odd, you know, he he has attention issues and he has um what's the word I'm looking for discipline issues but the truth is the kid literally has like a battery that he needs to let it deplete. He needs to let everybody else's energy get out of his body. And that takes a while. Mm -hmm. So being mindful of that about him has been really powerful. And also reminding him to wait for the invitation because that little boy will try to do everything. He's nine. He wants to put the dishes away. He wants to do this. He wants to help you with this thing. And most of the time it's something you don't want him to do. It's not going to be very helpful. It might upset the apple cart. So just reminding him that he needs to wait for the invitation, how much more enjoyment he will have mm-hmm. and fulfillment from somebody asking him to do something and being able to do it, than always having that little edge of, oh, I think I'm being helpful, but somebody might turn around and say, I didn't ask you to do that. Mm-hmm. So to answer your question in a very long-winded way, yes, we mm-hmm. do keep track of everyone's human design. I like hearing all about it because I I do too. And I started learning about my human design first. Like I mean, it's probably been three or more, more than that at this point years, It's just, you know, it's pretty nuanced. So a little bit at a time. And then I pulled all the kids charts not long later. And I too have slowly been like going through each one and okay. Okay you know, how do we, this is, why are you the way that you are? Oh, this like, this is why. And I too have a projector child. I'm a projector and I have a projector child. And then I have two generators. It has been really interesting. I like the idea of giving it a month each to really like explore one, like this summer, that would be ideal because we have three months of summer. I think homeschool, you, you know, a little bit different, but we have three months of summer. So maybe that would be something we can do here. I really like finding ways to just double down on seeing and recognizing my projector because I, as as a fellow protector, I feel like I don't know, I can imagine for him what that must feel like as a little kid. You know, it's one of the things, like you said, the more that you're working with your daughter and doing these, having these experiences, you're healing a little version of you. And I feel like that's sometimes what I'm doing with with my son, because the little projector in me, people around me, we didn't know that, you know, nobody knew that in the eighties and the nineties, it was just coming out. So like most people didn't know about it and they wouldn't have known that like doubling down on recognition is like glory to me. And so I do that with him and I I've tested out different things like I'm a sound, I like to soundboard. I like to talk. And so hence I'm on the podcast, right? But I've let him take my phone sometimes and I turn on Otter for him, the transcription app. And I'll let him, I'm like, hey, why don't you practice? Like, you know, why don't you tell a story into the app and just just talk, like just soundboard. And, you know, he really enjoyed it. And so I feel like human design is one of the things. I was just saying, I think on a different episode, I don't even remember when it's coming out, but like society, I didn't use certain words, but I was effectively saying like society has these labels for your kid's behavior that maybe sometimes are appropriate right of course but sometimes it's not you know it's other things it's their design it's who they are as individuals and I think like the kids now they're not available for the kind of stuff that like generally speaking that like we were available for as kids like they're just they're not available for that I feel like this is such a great parenting tool and I was thinking do you know Viola hug? Viola Hug. Are you familiar with her? She, I Somebody shared her stuff on social media. I followed her. I think we're going to do a podcast interview at some point. She's launching, I just saw it this morning. She's launching a, a kid's book series on human design. Like I am a manifester. That's so fun. Isn't that cool? I, am a, I was like, I saw it and she's doing this like virtual book tour, you know, putting herself out there to be invited to speak. I was like, come on, let's talk it. Like, I love talking human design and parenting and conscious parenting and adjusting how you, you know, like I won't navigate the same kind of issue with each kid. No, you can't. You can't. They're completely different individuals with completely different needs. I mean, you can't possibly, like I have three children who are emotional in their authority. They're there. It's a whole different ball of wax to discipline them that, you know, you, you, you can't even do it right away. You can't even have the conversation. Mm -hmm. And I think the biggest thing with my son, my son, the projector We have the Calm app and he has his own speaker in his room and he gets to listen to bedtime stories all night because as a projector he needs a lot more downtime before he actually goes to sleep so he gets like hours and hours and hours to just listen to stories and he stays up a lot later but he's in his bed and he's quiet and that's made a huge difference because it used to be that he just wouldn't go to bed and it was constantly coming out of his room and constantly trying to get back into the energy of everybody because that's what he knew all day and so now he allows himself that time he doesn't wake up with bags under his eyes his his attention is much better his attention span is much better. And it's because of recognizing that he needed that that extra, you know, kind of like what you were saying with the dictation thing, like he needs that ability to just take himself through these stories and relax in his bed. Let's take a moment for a quick commercial break. So I want to share with you HoneyBook. If you have not been using HoneyBook in your service-based business, let me tell you that this thing is like simplified my life honeybook is a client relationship management system so inside of that they, they had me at when you're picking the options of what your profession is, they had me at doula, was an option. I was like, hello. I signed up for HoneyBook a few years ago. It beats the other CRM system that I was looking at. Starts with a D, ends with an O. It beats it like by far for me. I found that one way too clunky and tricky to navigate. And I'm in the online business space. You would think that I'm super techie and I'm really into like able to do all of these techie things. I'm actually not. I need it very, very simple to start. And then I can build on it. HoneyBook is something that has has made it so simple. So when I am working with new clients, there's contract templates, there's agreement templates, there's onboarding questionnaires. I mean, anything you can imagine that you need in a CRM system is there. Click the link in the show notes. They generally have free trials that you can test it out. That's my affiliate link. I hope you enjoy using HoneyBook as much as I do. I think I've been in it three years strong. Okay, back to the episode. That's that's profound. I really, really like that. I know for my projector, we cut off technology stimulus, you know, at a certain time, like far before bedtime. So that on school nights. He just fun. has a speaker. He doesn't have an actual device. Okay. It's no, just- perfect because then, you know you really have a chance to just like be in your body and mm-hmm. you know what we used to do that we don't do anymore since I don't give him a bath anymore he's too big for this but uh when he was a little younger you know you they pick up we protectors and anybody really like you pick up so much of other people's stuff all day and so we would do um cleansing baths to really just like get everybody else's stuff off of us so that we could like wind down in our own energy field in our own space and so like you know bath salts and sometimes some essential oils or certain crystals in the tub and like really help him so he started to ask for that at one point he was like oh, I want to take an energy bath I want to take a cleansing bath and get everybody off of me but yeah so we haven't done that lately but he's a little older now and sometimes I don't know it's interesting I'll just say that it's interesting having like one projector as you know and others that are generators or jans. like he's the only one in the whole house like all of us our Jens are Jens or Manny Jens. And then there's William and he is literally the only projector. I have an emotional authority child too. And that has been interesting because I don't have emotional authority. And I see that and I'm like, this is different, you know, like this is something to explore. And I do feel like I've become a better mom at learning how to hold her through that. It's challenging. Have you, me. Have you read the book, Parenting the Child? You have? No. So I highly recommend it. It's all about human design. And one of the cool things is that it talks about your child's human design, but it also talks about you and your type in relation to each of your children. So it's like the projector with a manifesting generator child, the Mm -hmm. manifesting generator with a projector child. So it gives you that like combination so you can kind of see the interaction not just about how that child interacts. And I found that book really helpful.
1: Oh, that's really good. I did not
0: even, I've heard of that book so many times and I didn't realize it talks human design. Yeah, no one would. I mean, it doesn't even say it in the title, but yeah, it's called Parenting the Child You Have. And forgive me, I don't know who wrote it probably that Viola lady for all (laughs) we (laughs) know. I'm going to look it up. I don't know if she's, she's start. I don't, I'm not really sure. I don't, I actually don't see everything that she does. It's been a while. I felt like since she crossed my algorithm path, you know, but all of a sudden I saw this like little book cover that said, I am a generator. It was like a kid's book. And I'm like, wait, what is this? And she has a whole series. I don't know when they're coming out, but I'm really. I need to send you one of my books. I'm been meaning to do that, you remind me to get your address so I can send you because I wrote a children's book. You know that. No, hello, okay. What's the name of the book? <laughs> so it's called The Colors Inside of Me, and it's about a little panda, and he has his in his class, they have an art class, and they're like, Okay, you know, the teacher's like, draw the colors of you know, draw yourself, and he's like, All I am is black and white. And the teacher's like, Do you even know like all of the colors exist inside of black and white? And so each of his each of his classmates tell him about a color that they see in him and and like a quality that goes along with it. And then there's like this whole like section, like there's this whole one page where like all the colors are in a line with the chakras, but like low key, you know, because like my publisher is like a Christian. So and then, and then, it's, it's just really good. So I want to make a whole series of it, but the next one's going to be about gratitude. So I'm super excited, but it was my answer to, I've always been very inspired by the Martin Luther King Jr. quote. where he talks about children won't be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character, right? That always was so profound for me. And so taking this panda who's part black, part white, you know, because those are the the colors that he is and recognizing the spectrum of other things that exist inside of him, I think is really powerful that children, you know, who they are and the, the, the acts that they do are so much more important than the way that they present you know, case in point, I think I told you this, we found out that my husband's grandmother was actually, you know, Nigerian. And so all of a sudden, we found out that my husband is part black, which means my children are part black. And like, we had no idea, Mm -hmm. but not that it would have ever made a difference or anything. But Now, like understanding that that is part of their lineage, like it just made this book mean even more to me because you have so many different cultures and traditions and histories and lineages inside of you that you don't even know about, you know, that, that make you who you are, that give you the personality and the qualities that you have. So yes. So it's available on like all the things it's got, you know, Amazon and it's on target and all that. It won an honorary, whatever book award, and it was a bestseller and all the things. So you you're go. just like casually dropping that, like, oh yeah, I'm not, uh, you know, I have the, but that's incredible. And of course you were led to write this book, given Okay, so there's there's your husband's lineage, but then also like I'm pretty sure you not necessarily that you'd agree with me on every piece, but like that you would get what I'm saying here. That there's also like your past life lineage that's in your DNA too, yeah, right? Absolutely. So they, you yeah. know, and that could be all kinds of stuff that's not even necessarily like directly related to this this person's lineage. So true. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And I think that that was kind of my inspiration in writing the book is like you know because there's different conversations. Obviously, there's the conversation that happened during Martin Luther King's time, but then there's also the conversation of children being told that they're bad because they're white, that they you know, we're slave owners or whatever. And I'm like, hi, I'm from New England. We didn't have slaves and no one in, you know, my lineage goes back to Ireland and we never had them. So the idea that children can be judged based on the color of their skin, it really goes both ways. And it's like, what if we just let them be the person that they are? And what if the only thing we judge them by is what they actually do, the content of their character rather than the way that they look. So I thought it was a very full circle moment. I to get the book. I, yeah. I wrote it down because I want to order it and share it with the kids. Like my girls, especially my son is into reading, but he's into like goofy books, you know, as a nine-year-old boy. So he likes these really goofy I bet books. our boys would be like besties. Cause I have a nine-year-old boy too. He's such a goofball. It's, it's pretty funny. I mean, he has a really good sense of humor, but some of the stuff that he... I can't even say it, but. And we live close enough. We could totally do a meetup too. I know. Yeah. You're not that far. You're not that far, but the girls are really into like, they're still into like kids books, you know, they're really into kids, kids books. So this is optimal timing. Okay. And then other thing I was thinking about asking too, is now you've transitioned, right? So you had going all the way back to the first thing we talked about how you were in this big MLM career, you transitioned, you started a coaching practice. I assume like the spirituality and your connection to source and all of the gifts that you bring out now kind of were cultivating along the way. And now I'm like, okay, so where are you at now in terms of what you're doing, how you are, like, how do you decide what of the balls that you're juggling are glass and what are plastic, you know, you're, mom of five, you're running a business, you're channeling, you're connecting to all these things. Like, I don't want to say balance. Cause I almost, I sometimes don't love that word, but like how do you decide which glass, which balls of glass? Being the sacral generator that I am, a lot of it is by feel. You know, I think bringing it back to the human design thing. I don't know if you heard this, but like I low key had my human design wrong for a really long time. I thought I was a five one, and I'm actually a five two. So the way you feel about your projector and kind of how that's like your blanket of like, ooh, I get to be like, I get the two now, and the two is all about like the hermit and like receding into yourself and your natural gifts. And so I have been kind of feeling like a broken five, one for a really long time. Like, why can't I just do this? This is supposed to be my nature. This is what, you know, I was meant to be going back to when I was a child and I just don't seem to be able to do it. And now I'm coming into this place where it's like, no, 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 you don't have to do anything by virtue of just showing up as who you are. Like that's your gift. Right. And so having three children who are six twos and my husband's a two, four, there's a lot of two energy in this family. It's really important that I start to master that aspect of myself so that I can share that with them because they could very well end up in a situation like me where they're like, I have to figure it out. I have to figure it out. I have to figure it out. And it's like, no, first of all, you're not going to until you're like 59, number one. And number two, you know it's okay that you just want your alone time, that you just want to play in your, like those, those kids, they like to play in their rooms or they like to play outside. They're not very collaborative people. So to answer your question, you know, I, I think the biggest thing for me right now is just to get comfortable with who I am as myself, but also like who I am as their mother, but, but not overlapping each other. Like there have to be space for both, right? So where you're saying balance, I think it's more like alignment, So as a two, I need a lot of alone time. And so my kids know, like one of my daughters, she's very, very needy. I love her to pieces, but like I wrote a whole post about her. I'll have to tag you in it where she just needs love all the time. She needs that validation. So every morning, at 9 45, I have an alarm that goes off and I go up to her room and I say good morning to her before I do anything else. Like before I have any of my morning routine, the rest of the kids don't need that. So I don't go say good morning to everybody before I do my morning routine, but that one needs it. So she gets a good morning before I do my morning journaling, before I do all these things. And the other kids don't, and they're okay with that. Right. But they have other things. And so like my son, like he likes to listen to his calm stuff in the evening. And so I will go in to say good night to him a lot later than I say goodnight to them. So like all of these pieces kind of fit together. Yesterday was my day off or was it no Saturday. And the kids knew like, mom doesn't want to be bothered. Mom's just going to be in her room with the air conditioning, watching TV, you know, making trailers for her, her Oracle readings or whatever. And their dad has days like that too. Just recognizing as long as everything has a place, it's not how many times a week we're doing this. Is it time for this? Does it feel in my body? Like I need to do this. Then I do this. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So you're letting your sacral guide you, which is ideal. Yeah, yeah, and then adjusting parenting accordingly, and being just being everything you're saying about two really. My I have a, a daughter who has a two line, and that's a thing and if i didn't really speak the language of human design i didn't really understand it you know i would think like that what she's doing is like antisocial rude. yeah rude or inappropriate you know we've had like you know she she just gets up and leaves when she's done she gets up and leaves and now i'm so grateful for gifts like understanding it because now i'm like she's fine when she's ready she'll come back and she has a self-awareness that after school on certain days she'll say mommy this was a lot of people today. I just need to go be by myself, and I'm like fair. So when we get home, she does. She'll go up to the play almost every day when we get home. She wants to go and be in her room by herself, drawing or coloring or reading or just laying there. Sometimes I go up and she's just like. One day she's laying on the sofa. No one was home. I think it was just me and her, and she was laying on the sofa. And I thought, is she sleeping? And I wandered over there. I was like, honey, what are you doing? She's like, I'm trying to meditate mom. And she just wanted to like be solo, you know? And we've had play dates, you know, where we're all in the backyard and the kids are doing something naked in art and craft. I'm like, where is she? And I'm like, where she just left. She got up and left the space and her friends are there. And she just like, she needs, she's done. And so it's a beautiful thing to like, I can imagine as her, like to feel like, okay, my mom gets it. And her teacher, you know, her teacher this year, I really love this. She has like a mindful chair. And so when, when my daughter feels in school, like I need a moment, you know, she can go sit in this chair and like, just Have her time. And I really, really, really appreciate that. And it doesn't mean anything about anybody or anything. It just, that's what she needs. And she knows her needs. And I just feel like what a gift for our kids and for us to like understand them on a deeper level. So, and thank you for sharing all the things and like allowing me to go in all these random directions because it's all I feel like really helpful and really important. Hearing I love stuff. it. I mean, my ADD is loving it. I'm just like, okay, I can follow this. Oh, I'll follow that one. Yep, I got that. Like, it's it's perfect. I used to worry that I was all over the place sometimes, and then I was like, you know what? The people who enjoy me, they probably enjoy my all, all over the placeness and the people who don't, it's okay. But playful. It's it's the adult version of play. You know, it's like, oh, let me skip over to this topic and let me look at this. And sometimes it's like, you want to jump into something on a surface level and just have the conversation. Then you want to deepen something else that you think of as a result of that. And like, there's nothing, you know, as adults, we kind of fall into this place where we feel like everything we do has some element of wrong to it. Right. Cause it's not conforming. And it's like, we actually need to go back the other way. And that's what keeps us young. Right. That's why both of us, like, we're like, I'm 40 and you're almost 40. And like, we look like we're in our 20s. And this is why, because, you know, we, we allow ourselves to be these playful, fun, young creatures and we're also perpetuating that in our children which the kids that we're raising like I'm sorry but like the world is going to be a whole different place when they get a hold of it can you imagine I mean and I'm a three line so I had to give myself permission to jump around and play around other and like let me try this okay let me try this okay let me try this and the more I did at first I was so afraid to try different things and yeah. then the more I was like F it, just do it people in my community were like thank you for changing that thank you for showing me that it's okay to pivot it's okay to do this it's okay to do that so I was like oh you know, a great side effect of allowing yourself to change is like whoever's watching feels permission. So, your six lines that are not yet 30 years old are perhaps experiencing that too, right? Like, they navigate the world like a three until what I think it's 30 is the age where you like it's like um, it's like 29, is like what or 29, 30. The the can think of it the Saturn return or something, okay. or your first Saturn. Is when you go on the roof. And then after that, I think it's like 59, they come back down. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I agree. I like the freedom to play and have fun and just talk about things. Cause like, I'm, I'm so, I get so bored with putting everything into a, a box, even though I know the digital marketing space tells you like niche, 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 niche. And it has, to, and I just like, I reached a point a little over a year ago. I was like, oh my God, I'm like suffocated by these boxes. So yeah, well that's that's the big thing with you know that human design is the study of differentiation because and you talked about it too with the children that have ADHD and these you know things, it's all homogenization and it's it's an economic pool because it's like the more people we can convince that this is what they want, the less money we have to make making a bunch of them. So I always like to use the Blend Jet as an example. The Blend Jet comes in like 50 million colors, right? You can get a Blend Jet in camo, you can get Lisa Frank, you can get blue, green, purple, whatever. And you have this illusion of choice. But at the end of the day, they've got a bunch of plain white blend jets in a, in a factory that they spent X, Y, Z on buying this many units. And then at the very end of it, they paint it for you to give you the illusion that you're having something different. So the world is all about homogenization. It's all about putting a whole bunch of people. Well, they're all women. Well, they're all Scorpios. Well, they're all this. Well, they're all that, you know, and putting people into compartment compartments, kind of like the way they did with school lunches. Remember when they would make like a vat of like American chop suey. And it's like, they put more pasta in it than like God himself could possibly have. And it was like, they, they made this giant batch in this giant thing. And it was economical, you know, to make more money, to cut costs, tries to be economical, tries to homogenize. And it's up to us to kind of step out and say, yes, these things are all exactly the same between the two of us, but here's three things that are different, you know, like even among two, three, five manifesting generators, they're going to have different gates. They're going to have different channels. They're going to have different, arrows they're going to have different um, primary health systems all just within human design you can have two women that are you know 40 years old and one of them has had a hysterectomy and one hasn't and one like there's so many different components and I think that it's really important for you and I to be stewards of this differentiation and to really let our children know that they get to be different too and sometimes there isn't going to be a keychain for them my daughter Evane I don't think she'll ever see her name in print anywhere unless we write it or put it on a cake and that's okay. And my son, William, he's probably going to be one of 55 Williams in a space and that's okay too. You know what I mean? So I think that's really kind of the lesson. If there was one is just that people like you and me need to let these kids know that just because you don't see somewhere that validates that you get to be who you are, you are your own source of validation. That's really, really helpful for everybody listening to, because a lot of my community, almost all my community are parents. They have a lot of birth workers. There's a lot of people who are on the front lines of like the new little people being born. And so it's really exciting to me to think about the future of human design, like as right up there with, there was a big event in my area recently on like children and mental health. Right. And it's very great, you know, I'm not knocking it. It's amazing. Like bringing awareness to mental health and children and such. And I'm really excited for the day when those big mainstream platforms are talking about human design as a tool for parenting. You know what I mean? Oh, a hundred percent. And I think it's going to be the new internet. Like I think people are going to ask for it on resumes. I mean, the thing is it can't be argued with because it's not like the MBTI where, you know, you could have a bad day and put the the wrong answers on there, like, or not wrong, but you know, like the way you don't really feel, but you do in this moment, human design is based on your birth time. So, I mean, it's very reliable, I think. And I have done so many human design readings, probably hundreds. I don't know that I've ever come across anyone who's just looked me dead in the eye and said, yeah, this doesn't describe me. Like none of this is me they're literally like drooling over the information. And I don't think that's an accident. No. And projector, like to any of the projectors in the crowd, when you start to learn more about your projectiveness, you're like, this is what was inside that felt like such a disconnect, right? Because this isn't a projector world, you know, right. this- that homogenization much- again. Yes. And so it was like, for so long, you just, and it, mm, I know if, the last thing I'll say, cause I know I don't want to take up too much of your time. I, I'm over, I'm oh over. My God, we could totally like speak for like hours. You know? <laughs> yeah. And I, I felt like the more I learned about myself, the more I remembered what I knew was there underneath all of the conditioning, like the more. I allowed myself to take breaks and be like, oh, I don't have to be in the rat race. I don't have to be productive all the time. I like my conscious son is in gate two. Like I'm supposed to, it's my per- one of my supposed to be going toward like a receptive chill. And that was not, I was not living the chill life. And the more I live the chill life, the more I realize how tired I was. I feel like it's catching up to me every day where I'm like, the more I tap out, the more I need to tap out. And the more I give myself permission to tap out and rest more, rest more. I just recently, I was like, I need even more rest time because it's making me such a better, it makes me feel like such a better mom. It makes me feel like such a better mentor. And it's not laziness. It's just like all the years of over pumping on an empty gas tank. Like this is not Hanukkah. Like my candle was not supposed to burn. That makes it's like, <laughs> Yes, and there, ladies and gentlemen, is the quote of the episode. This is not Hanukkah. I love I'm, it. I'm a real human being. Like, I am a real projector who gets real tired. And oh, and oh, one of the reasons, like my daughter, who's a two, but she's a generator, like sometimes it's just so easy to hermit with her because she has that natural inclination to want to hermit. I'm a projector. So I have a natural inclination to like, I'll lay down and chill while she's hermiting. And I'm like, ah you know, but you know, everything has its own alignment, like you were saying. So Mm -hmm. I guess to wrap it all up, anybody who's listening, if you're new to human design or to building a business and a lot of people listening are entrepreneurs and are accidental entrepreneurs, like I have this passion and this thing, but like, I hope that hearing Amy Lee's story gives you some inspiration and some hope and something to take and go learn if you're a one line and all the things. And yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. Oh, it was my pleasure. I had so much fun. We'll have to do it again. And you need to come on mine. Oh yeah. Okay. For sure. Absolutely. I'll send it to you. Thank you. All right, love. Have a good day. Okay. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day and listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you found value in what I'm sharing here. And if you did, can you do me a little favor and go and rate and review this episode? I will share a link in the show notes so that it's really easy to rate and review this podcast. It would mean a lot to me as this is truly a passion project. Have a beautiful day and I will see you next week.